Welcome to episode 38 of 10 Minute Tips to Teach Music. Welcome to 10 Minute Tips to Teach Music with Clarissa Custom Music's very own Kerry Lacey. Welcome everybody to episode 38 of 10 Minute Tips to Teach Music. Today we continue the recording from the KCM TV broadcast on Facebook Live done in December of 2019. This is part two of how to build the music department of your dreams. Hi everyone, it's Kerry Lacey here from Clarissa Custom Music and welcome to KCM TV. That's right, welcome to KCM TV from this wonderful office. Now you can see behind me that we've got a very cool Mad Hatter's hat and some lovely folders and little poster on the back there from a show we would been did a few years ago. So welcome to this first little office. Um, I would like to welcome you back for episode two of how to build a music department of your dreams. That's right, last week was the first post and last week we uh, talked about personality and strengths, about how your personality and your strengths can help to build the music department that you would like to see. So if you didn't catch that, then head on over to the Facebook page, Clarissa Custom Music, and you'll be able to find it there. Or you could join the group KCM TV, and uh, the post is also shared in there as well. So you can go and have a look at that particular post and check it out. Now, this week, we want to talk about um, some tips and tricks. So this week, I'm going to give you stage two of how to build a music department of your dreams. I'm also going to um, give you three tips that I would highly recommend to help you on your way. The first thing though is I want to tell you a little story. So always a good idea to tell you a little story. Now I'm sure that this story will resonate with many of you. You have a year eight class outside your room. Now for those that are not in Australia, because I'm shooting from Australia, um, year eight for us is uh, roughly 13 years of age, thereabouts, sometimes sometimes 14, some of them turn a bit later. Um, but they're students who in year seven and eight will do something called non-elective music. So everybody in year seven and eight in New South Wales has to do music, whether they like it or not. Uh, some forms have them happening every week. So in the case of where I'm at, it's one hour a week for year seven and it's uh, one and a half hours a week for year eight, roughly. Um, so those students have to come and do music. In some other schools, they do six months and they might see them three times a week for six months and then they'll go off and do another art subject like arts or drama or dance or something like that. Um, in some other schools, they see them for only a term uh, and they'll see them for a term over year seven and year eight and they do a crash course. Uh, some other schools might only have a half an hour or a 45 minute lesson or a 40 minute lesson once a week. Uh, so where I am, it's one hour lesson once a week for year seven and as I said an hour and a half for year eight so if you picture year eight so when they came in in year seven they were fresh-faced and you get them in year eight and they're lined up outside your classroom and they come through the door and pretty much you're going to encounter three different types of kids you're going to encounter those students first of all group one the students who always wanted to do music 
that came to your school uh, fresh-faced little year sevens or year sixes or year eights or whatever your school is they come to your school and they're fresh-faced and they're involved in music they've been doing lessons outside of school for years they're going to be the ones that go on and take your elective music they're going to be the ones that will take your music um, senior classes and your music extension and whatever you have they're the ones that will go on to university and study music and become teachers and tutors and performers they're the kids that I call those that will so those kids are always going to be doing music. You are a legend in their eyes and they love everything that you do and they love everything that you teach them in the subject. Then you've got the group of kids who are the kids that might like music, the kids who can't see the point of it. There are some kids out there who don't like what you teach. They only want to bash on a drum or they want to whack a keyboard. They're not really that interested in learning about music. They can't see any point in it. They don't turn up to class with their equipment because they really don't care and they don't respect the subject. And they're the kids that I call the ones that won't. They're the ones that won't take music as an elective. They're the ones that run out the door at the end of class, can't wait to get to another subject. They're the ones that um, will throw you know, resource your books, for example, if they've got a class book at the end of the year, they're the ones that will throw the book in the bin. They're those kids. They're the ones that won't. And then you have a bunch in the middle. Now, hopefully with a little bit of luck at your school, you've got a handful of those that will, only a very small minority of those that won't. And then you've got all the kids in the middle. And I call them the middle children. And they're the ones that you need to focus on. So many times in our classes, we know the kids that will, can look after themselves. We know the kids that won't need guidance, hopefully, with a little bit of luck you can flip them, but generally not always. So we spend a lot of our time focusing on the kids that won't. And we really need to be focusing on the kids in the middle, yeah? So how on earth do you focus on the kids in the middle to help build your program? Because kids that will are always gonna take your subject when they get into your nine and 10 and they elect, like they do here in Australia, and kids that won't aren't going to take your subject. So the ones that you want to be focusing on are your middle children. Now, the thing about your classroom and the thing about your music department is you must develop a culture. So the question I ask you is, what is the culture within your department? Now, it doesn't have to be a school culture. You can build a culture within the school culture. So unlike some schools where music is, uh, for, the, for those that are legends, music is respected and music is a vital part of the, of the department of the school. It's the hub of the school. It's where everything happens. It's where people thoroughly enjoy being and coming and they run to the school block that is the music block. Your school might not be like that. Your school might not respect music. Your school might not see the value in it. Your school might uh, not see the importance of ensembles and, and how music can help students to learn and engage and be better musicians, be better people generally. Your school might not be like that. But just because your school's not like that doesn't mean your department can't be. What's the culture like in your department? You know, kids come into your classroom and they have a choice. And this is lesson number one. What is the culture? In my classroom, it's a positive choice. When they walk through my door, they have to make a positive choice. They have a choice to make, positive or negative, their call. But when they walk in through the door, I want them to make a positive choice. So I give them every opportunity to do so. So if they walk into the room and they're not having a great day, then I'm going to ask them, 
you don't look like you're having the best day. Let music be the solution for you. Right? What choice are you going to make today? Because a choice is neither right nor wrong. You know, the way you speak to the students and the way the language you use can make a big difference. If the kids walk into your room and you say to them, now listen, you're not having a great day, why don't you make a right choice? Well, that just inflames situations. Use the term positive choice. Make a positive choice. That's lesson one. And the culture is determined by what your ground rules are, which is part of lesson two, I guess. The ground rules are important. You set ground rules and you don't budge. You become consistent, you become um, organized and you follow up on your ground rules. For example, when my year sevens and eights, in fact anybody, walks up to the door in my classroom and they are ready to come into the classroom, they've got to come with their equipment. Now, it doesn't matter if you're in year seven or you're in year 12, you haven't got your equipment, you don't walk through the door. Because in my classroom, you make a positive choice to come ready to learn. And that will require you to have certain equipment. Now, the students know that if they don't have their equipment, then there's going to be a mark on the roll. Because let's be realistic, the kids come into the classroom, they bring their equipment with them, they sit down. Some of your classrooms might be like this. They come into the classroom, they sit down, you mark the role, it's dead silence. You then say, today we're gonna to do some written work. You start with the written work and then perhaps you consider doing the prac. That might be your classroom. Well, that sort of a classroom is like putting a, um, I don't know, it's like putting a chocoholic in the middle of Daryl Lee and telling them they can't eat anything. You know, that's just, that's just not gonna happen. Those kids wanna get in there and they wanna be creative and they wanna engage and they wanna do, you know, do lots of exciting things. And so your culture is where it's gonna be. So when my students walk into the room, they know they've got to have their equipment with them, but they also know that if they don't, there's going to be a note made somewhere and then it's going to be followed up. And so that expectation is one of the first things they learn. They also know when they come in the classroom, there's going to be something on the board that they have to do. It might be something that's physical where they've got to clap. It might be something to go and get, it might be instructions to go and get equipment. It might be a quiz that they have to answer in their books. But every time they walk in the door, they're going to have something on the board. Right. And so because I have ground rules, things happen the same way for them. It's consistency. And I have no tolerance on my ground rules. You know, we have signature strengths, respect, responsibility and resilience. And that's the most important things. In our faculty, you have to be respectful. You have to be responsible because we have fluid uh, departments. So we actually have a fluid classroom where students uh, are expected to uh, engage in their own learning. They're expected to follow instructions. They're expected to you know, work together in collaborative groups. So all of that takes a lot of patience and a lot of control, not only from the kids, but also from you. So again, what is your classroom culture? What are your ground rules? Do you have no tolerance on your ground rules? Because that's another really key point. So, so far in this session where we're talking about how to build the music department of your dreams, apart from your personality and strengths that we learned about last week, you need to look at the culture within your department. You need to look at your ground rules. And then of course, the next important part is the lesson delivery. Engaging delivery of content. That is one of the trickiest things for some subjects like maths or, uh, or physics or sciences. But for music, that is a piece of cake. 
You know, engaging delivery of content is so easy. Why don't you try a play learn strategy? Play first, then learn. Kids are more likely to view, if you're the sort of person that likes them to write and to fill out things and sheets and all that sort of thing, if you're, if you're tactile, if you're a tactile teacher, then that's a great way. Get them to play first and then get them to, to look at the content. Why don't you follow the strategy that this podcast is following? Well, this, um, not podcast, the podcast you only follow or these, this live is following. What's the hook? What's the hook for the lesson? What are we trying to learn today? What is the one thing that we're going to focus on? And make it a cool hook, you know, and then going on to the story. What's the background? What's the information that we need to know? Then there's the part of the lesson. Then get the call to action. So get the kids to actually get motivated and get excited about what they've got to do. And then at the back end of the lesson, you summarize. So content delivery is super important. And the way you deliver the content is, needs to be engaging. But again, it's got to come back to your personality. You know, you watch all these teachers in these classrooms and they're, you know, able to tap dance while writing on the board, while singing the sound of music, you know. That's, they're just these amazing teachers that seem to be able to be all over everything and engage everybody and considers everybody. Your personality might not be like that. So by taking the personality test and the strengths test from last week, you can find out what your personality will look like in that classroom and to help to develop your culture. Because the way you build your music department is your culture and your ground rules and setting an expectation that has no tolerance. And probably the other big thing, the third big thing is positive. Positive action, positive choices, positive terminology, positive language. That goes a hell of a long way than being negative to kids or asking the kids to choose the right path. A choice is a choice. There is no right or wrong. There's just better or worse. You know, there's less painful, but there is no right or wrong necessarily. So what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to sit down. We've got a, a takeaway at the website. So for those that are watching and those that are teachers that want to look at this, um, later tonight there'll actually be uh, takeaway up there. The, the takeaway from episode one is still up there at the moment, um, but I'll pop this, the takeaway from today's episode up there and it'll just be a little scaffold for you to answer some questions. That's all it is. You know, what is the culture of your school like? What do you want the culture of your school department to be, your music department to be? What culture do you want in your classroom? And it doesn't matter whether you are the head of the department or the head of the team, whether you're part of the team or whether you are the team. Working out what the culture is, what you want, what your um, team vision is or what your vision is for your department, that's where you start to build growth. So that'll be up on the website. It's kcmtv.com.au and it'll be just on the front page. So if you're heading there now, you'll see the banner and then just directly under it, you'll see a lovely little um, cartoon character, which is supposed to be me, uh, has brown hair, uh, used to have brown hair, but have blonde hair now because less likely to see the gray. Some of us understand what's going on there. So uh, check out that and underneath that, it's got uh, a little take two series one, episode one. So if you click on that, it'll take you to the strengths and personality from last week. This week, as I said, I'll put it up later tonight for you so you can check that out. Um, but I do wanna ask you to do one thing for those music teachers out there. And even if you're watching this now or if you're watching this later, I'd really like you to just share the post. 
it would be really cool to get people to um, see more of what we're talking about and to start to engage in some of the discussions about how to build culture within our classes and within our departments so that we can make better music departments and, and build the music department of our dreams. So if you could share the post, that would be super cool. I'd really appreciate it. And uh, I also want to tell you that for next week, which will be again, tuning in at six o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So for those in New South Wales, it's seven o'clock. Uh, for those on um, uh, those in the UK and the US, I think it's like I don't know, early in the morning or something. I'm not entirely sure. I haven't done all the research on that. But love you to check in if you can. Six o'clock Eastern Standard Time next week. And next week we're going to talk about that middle child. We're going to talk about what what clicks with that middle child. What what how those children are best to be taught, or how some strategies to teach those kids that are in the middle, the ones that aren't necessarily those that will or those that won't but those that don't mind either way they're the ones that we need to focus on in order to build department numbers and to, to bake the music department of our dreams so hopefully with a little bit, little bit of luck you can check in next week i just want to do a shout out and say thank you so much to carly and lisa for checking in i can see you're still there little wave to you too thank you so much for your support and i look forward to having a few more people popping on next time uh, to check us out live here at kcm tv in the meantime i'm going to look a little crazy because i'm now going to press the button which always makes me look a little bit weird at the end but that's okay so until next time, see you next Tuesday at 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Bye for now. I do hope that you enjoyed part two of how to build the music department of your dreams. That concludes episode 38. Next week, we'll continue with our four-part series with part three. Until next time, look after yourself, stay safe, and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to 10-Minute Tips to Teach Music with Clarissa Custom Music's Kerry Lansing.